No, and uh, I, I've got to know, too. Second, you told me Beans had played on a team with you. I knew I had to ask this. How terrible is Beans at softball? Like, just give it to us straight. No, you know, he was – he he's not as bad as you guys think. So <laughs> – well, you're still implying that he's bad. <laughs> the Flyover State Sports Show is for a mature audience. It contains strong language and adult situations. We do not own the rights to any audio of the podcast. Viewer discretion is advised. Is this on? your host on the East Coast, Sam Long, and I'm joined by three esteemed people today, Gavin Alexander, Caleb the Bean Jubal, and Mr. Maximum Max Joy, our special guest today. Gentlemen, welcome to it. Merry How's Christmas. It well, Merry belated Christmas, I guess. Yeah, we didn't say belated. that at all last episode. We didn't wish we, everybody a happy holidays or anything. We didn't give a hell about the holidays last No. Time. Glossary. To be fair, I was drinking, so it did, like, <laughs> yeah, keep that in mind. <laughs> well, happy holidays and happy new year to everyone and where you may be. We got a great show for you guys today. You know, Nathaniel couldn't hack it. Chiefs beat the Seahawks. <laughs> God, they did beat to death. And J.J. Watt calls it a career. But we need to start today with a very important guest, Mr. Max Joy, who is here today. Welcome, Mr. Max, Max Joy. And I'm going to kick it to I Beans. appreciate it. Beans, take it away. This is your interview. And we want to make sure that we get this message out. All right. Well, thank you, Max, for joining the show. Um, first question, do you watch sports? Absolutely. All right, good. I, that's, I, that's kind of I the mean... important thing in the show. <laughs> <laughs> So do you want to just give us a little bit of a background of uh, who you are, you know, what you do and everything, and give a little bit of uh, uh, what what uh, we're here to do today, interviewing you and everything? Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, again, my name is Max Joy, and um, I'm a 20-plus-year 20, 20 vet with the United States military. And not only that, but I actively am now a law enforcement officer. So... With that in mind, uh, probably about two years ago, I while I was working in law enforcement, um, I had some uh, personal events that happened in my life and took a toll. And then with the job, the stress and everything kind of put me in a state of depression and started suffering from depression and anxiety. So I took a step back from law enforcement and um, knew I needed to get some help. So I started seeing a counselor and everything. So then at one point, the counselor told me that I needed to find a hobby. So the hobby was I picked up playing adult softball again. So so this is where we're at now. Um, so I started a men's team with my son, my oldest son. And we decided this year or this team was going to be dedicated for a sole purpose. And the purpose is to bring awareness to not only veteran um, mental health issues 
and suicide awareness, but also law enforcement, mental health issues and suicide awareness, because both entities suffer a lot and have lost a lot of good people to um, a darker side. So that's what brings us um, at this point. So the team is comprised of not only dependents from um, military and law enforcement, but also active and veteran law enforcement and veteran military. So we're kind of comprised. We've joined forces with a group called irisangel.org. Um, take a look at them online. They have a website and what they do is they're a nonprofit organization. They b help um, sustain money to bring medical help to the veterans and law enforcement that need it, both active and retired. So we're trying to team up with them and um, help bring awareness to those two to those two entities because it's something that's very 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 um, dear to me, and also impacts the uh, just impacts the world greatly because not only veterans and law enforcement but you know suicide is probably the number one killer in the United States today, not only. Uh, military and, and law enforcement, but civilian folks too. It's, it's, it's a shame that we lose good people and not able to reach out and give them the help they need. No, I agree. I think this, I think this is a, a great cause that you are starting here. Um, I have played on one of your teams actually this past spring and you know, it was, it was a blast. I don't know how many, how many would you say was on that team that were ex-military or police personnel? I would have to say almost half the team. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and I was, you, it was actually kind of fun because you guys were like talking like police officer stuff and like you mil drill sergeant things. And I'm just over here like, I just work in sports, guys. Like, I <laughs> so you guys, it was actually a lot of fun. And I enjoyed learning from you. Um, Gonzo, my guy Gonzo, he taught me so much about uh, about being a police officer and him being from Miami and everything. Or was it Orlando? Oh, yeah. it, and so right. that, that, that stuff was just a lot of fun. I enjoyed learning the different backgrounds and what everybody went through. So that I can tell you from firsthand, like it's, it's great. It's a, it's a great thing that you're doing. It, I, I'm uh, like I said, it, it hits home to me. Um, <clears throat> I've lost three soldiers that were underneath me to suicide and I've not had the opportunity to work with them, but I've known a few that uh, law enforcement officers that have taken their mm -hmm. own life because of, uh, of a mental health issue. And that that's, that's terribly unfortunate. Like I, you don't know what these guys go through. We don't know what, or men or women, uh, what they go through. And as far as like their mental health and everything. Um, and so can you explain like the sport of softball and like why this helps out with them too? Like, it's not just the raising the money, but also just the team aspect and like what it means for them. Oh yeah, absolutely. So <clears throat> we play in, in a, the U triple U triple S a league. Um, and we're a class D men's traveling team. You want to so explain that to Gavin? You want to explain that to Gavin and Sam? Like what's, what's, what's class D compared to like the other class? Okay. <laughs> so, yeah. So we're the second to the lowest 
if, if you want to kind of gate it, gauge <laughs> hey, it. We're the, so we're the lowest. We're the beer, we're yeah, the we're not the last. <laughs> we're, we're beer drinking. Yeah. So uh, so they above us. <laughs> so above us, there's C, and then there's a B, and there's an A division. So usually the a, upper leagues, the upper levels. I mean, those are the guys that are getting sponsored by big, big sports companies like Louisville Slugger, um, you know, Mike and Rawlings. All these people are are putting forth money. We're we're kind of like have to fight and scramble for <laughs> what we can get to get get noticed. So. It's not that the talent's not there. We have great talent on the team. Yeah, it's we got just that. We got, we got yeah, you. Well, yeah, you got me. You got me. So we got great talent on the team. It's not saying that some of our guys possibly couldn't move up eventually and because they're young enough, they could probably move up. But I think we're we're family, so we stick together, and we put 100% commitment into our team, and we live and die um together i mean we don't we we take the we take the wins and we take the losses just as well and um it's 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 a competitive we've decided to go competitive with this because we have the opportunity to go from state to state or just stay within our own state um and go from city to city mostly kansas city and all the way as far as wichita we're planning on in january the end of january we're going to texas and mansfield texas and playing in the uh, winter world series of um softball so it's it's something that's going to have some big teams you know everything says everything's bigger in texas so we're going to see how big these teams are can, can be and when they show up so because we got some pretty big guys on our team too so do you want to give a little bit like uh what's the age gap like from the youngest player on the team to the oldest player so the youngest player is my youngest son he's 18 so he just graduated from high school started college um so he's starting a little he's starting early in his career and then the oldest happens to be me which i am 53 going to be 54 in uh in february of next year so they call me pops on the team so uh, <laughs> so i've kind of i've kind of turned i got i've got nicknamed the that name pops so it's so everybody calls me pops so uh i've kind of uh, become the manager coach and um if they let me play every now and then i'll play so um <laughs> But uh, yeah, so we're yeah, no, right. So we're 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 like in between there. So I think I'm the oldest, and then probably the next guy is probably in his forties. Okay, all right. That's that's a quite that's quite the gap. Um, and especially if you take the average age there, like, um, it's it's cool like seeing softball. Like when you go to these league nights and everything, you'll see as people as young as eighteen. Like we played against a frat that were like. 18 oh, to yeah. maybe like 22 years old. And... I hate those guys. I think we were going. Like, we it's, were walking it's, it the... was like it, playing them was like playing grease lightning. I mean, it, it was, I mean, they could put the ball and it just dribble in front of the catcher and still beat the throw out the first. It, it, was, no, it, it was horrible with these guys. It was funny. We were going through the uh, line at the end, shaking their hand. I was like, man, it smells like a crap ton of cologne and daddy's money. and i've never seen i've never seen like five of their guys i mean like 
top to bottom, they were just every one of them was putting it over the fence. I was like, you guys got a lot of testosterone going on right here. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't I, that's that's the only thing that I can. We can't say it's it's medically induced or or steroids. It's definitely testosterone. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then there, so then you have people as young as like eighteen to twenty two on a team, and then there's like an eighty year old geriatric walking out oh, there to go. first base. <laughs> That was me, but I wasn't 80. (laughs) (laughs) So, so Max, I did want to, well, I guess first I wanted to just say that um, I really, really uh, appreciate and um, think that the cause that this is all for is great. Um, A lot of times the the most difficult thing when it comes to, like, uh, mental health and all that stuff is taking that first step to – realizing you need help and then exactly. of course, actually going out and doing it. Um, yes. I think the team aspect thing can obviously greatly help with that. But um, I also wanted to ask you two questions that I think everybody's dying to know. So when you're playing, um, what are you drinking? I, I, you know, I'm not a, so to say, I call it piss water. Okay. Uh, so, <laughs> But when Caleb laid with me, I had to drink the whole. I, you know, he always brought the uh, the um, bush light uh, right. apples. So of oh, course he was like, okay. "Oh, I, so I had to drink the bush apple." But um, <laughs> good summer beer. If I, I was the, I, yeah. was the bar t- I was the bartender at the games. I'm like, here's a beer. Here's a beer. <laughs> well, so if I have to if I have to put a put a label on it I probably definitely would probably bring my blue moon and just have okay. to hit it with bull. or yeah. or you know I sneak a bottle of uh, bourbon in oh my good. god yeah. oh yeah wow <laughs> that'll help you manage right there yeah <laughs> no and uh I, I've got to know too second you told me beans have played on a team with you I knew I had to ask this how terrible is beans at softball like just give it to us straight no, you know, he was he he's not as bad as you guys think. So <laughs> well, you're still implying that he's bad. <laughs> he he had his moments, you know, both okay. up and down. But uh, other than that, man, he was always my go-to guy on second base. He was always the guy on second base. Now I, I, he can't make that throw from second to first. But <laughs> I was gonna say, does he have that? <laughs> <laughs> but uh but i always could count on him that he was always there and yeah. he coach, you know if, if he didn't care where i put him as long as he was playing yeah coach's son jim rat type guy you know bring your lunch to work. <laughs> right right, right. <laughs> don't worry beans this is good content the uh, oh, i always the I, metrics say whenever we roast the hell out of you, you show up. I knew he had a full cooler, so that's the reason why he stayed on the team. Well, yeah, no, that's a great thing. <laughs> I was just a lock. I was just a locker room guy from the start. <laughs> Basically, like a walk on. Yeah, but not like the Jordy Nelson kind. Oh right. my god! <laughs> yep, being paid to play onto the team just with alcohol. Exactly. <laughs> it cost me a thirty pack a week, but I had so much fun. <laughs> you need to frame that as a league motto right yeah. no and some of the guys that we we were talking to and everything after games and stuff like you, it's it's like that the whole time you're there laughing you're you know you're crying with tears because you're laughing so much it's it's a blast and you know people i wish i wish people kind of understood like softball just a little bit more um 
because just how fun it is. Like right now, like pickleball and cornhole are on the rise on TV on ESPN. Yeah, yep. I think softball could be just as fun watching on TV. Oh yeah, oh yeah. It's uh, I I agree a hundred percent. Softball is is when you get down when we say lower leagues, but when you get down to the the D and the E teams, even some of the C teams you don't have your dominating power hitters. When they get up to the conference level and the A levels, you got to think <clears throat> one through nine guys are hitting it out easy. I mean, they don't even think about it. They're parking the ball every single time. So, I, you know, I, if, if I want to see guys hit it out all the time, almost every time they come up to bat or like everybody hit it out, I just go to see and watch a home run derby being, being done. Mm-hmm. But with with the E and D teams, it, they're, it's like a slug bait. It's like going to watching the lightweight lightweight heavy uh lightweight feather weight uh fights you know you're gonna have a scrappy a game on your hands it's just gonna be scrap i mean these guys are gonna battle all the way to the end you don't have big big scores you know it's always be one or two game two runs that are dividing you um but uh i i i love softball i I grew up with it that's how my oldest son ended up playing because he grew up on the ball diamond so he just picked up where I left off whenever I got uh, busy with work, I couldn't do it. So this is our opportunity to actually spread the word and put it out there Mm -hmm. and have people ask us. I mean, that's where it starts. People are going to ask us who's Mm -hmm. Iris angel, because we carry the Iris angel emblem on the back of our uniforms and they're going to ask who, what is Iris angel.org. And we're going to tell them. And, you know, if we have an opportunity from, from the directors and everything, we'll hand out material. We've got some pretty big sponsors that that still yet to still yet to <laughs> uh, uh, actually fork up the money, but they all said they were on board. But um, we're always looking for more. And what's a good point of contact for these people to get a hold of you? So you they know, can they're... reach they can reach out to me by email. Um, my email address is mxjoye, mxjoy at gmail.com. Or I do have a team website or a team uh, Facebook page, Instagram page. We also have a TikTok page out there. And uh, yeah, we're going to have Caleb. He's actually doing a little spot on there. So I don't know if it's going to be him striking out or if it's going to be him, I don't know, falling down around. But uh, we, they can reach out. We have different multi uh, social media platforms mm-hmm. that they can reach out to us. We even have a team uh, email address by northeasthitman dot uh, at gmail dot com. Northeasthitman okay. at gmail dot com. They can reach out to us at any which way if they want to help, um, either by donation or either by helping us with sponsorship. All sponsorship money, portion of it will go to irishangel.org to help benefit them to help others but also uh we'll we'll put their name on our on every social media platform that we have and also we have a banner that will travel with the team that will have all sponsorship info put on there also and that's that's great um not only like are you just helping the guys out on the team but you're also helping out this organization so it's 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 a great great cause um gavin or sam do you have anything else 
No, I'm I'm just happy that uh, Beans got to live to his fullest potential and be the uh, team water, I piss water boy. uh, No, uh, Max, I just wanted to say again, like, um, I'm really, I'm all for what you guys are doing. I think it's a great cause. Uh, Again, I think just everybody that has lived on planet Earth has had gone through things that they probably needed help or knew that they needed help getting through. And um, I think it's uh, just outstanding to be a part of an organization that can help give people the assistance that they need to get through tough times. I've, uh, I really like what you guys are doing and I'm happy that we can, uh, I guess, help support that too. Hey, thanks. Thanks for having me out here, uh, on here and listening to me carry on a little bit. But, uh, if there's anybody out here listening to this podcast, there's the very few. Please, yes, pl- <laughs> please, please. If you're if you're having an issue or if you're not feeling the greatest and and, and things are going dark, please reach out. Um, you got my email. Uh, you know, you know my name. Reach out to me on social media. I have multiple social media platforms. So I'll be glad to sit and talk with you. I don't care what time of the day it is. Um, I'm here to help. We're all here to help. Um, once the team gets gets out, I, I, I'm getting attacked by a dog. <laughs> 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 the, the team, the team is all all going to be able to help once the team is get established and and the names get out there. So we're, that's what we're here for. So I appreciate it. And um, uh, I, I again, thanks guys for helping me get my name out there and the team's name out there and what we're trying to do out there. Max, thank you for joining, and we, it was it was fun. We'd love to have you on again sometime. Also, That'd be great. Also, give a shout out to Flyover State Sports Show. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Thanks, guys. Yep. Thank have a good you, one, Max. Have yep, a good thanks, one, Max. And again, we want to thank Max Joy for a great interview. Such a great cause, mental health affects us all, and uh, I can't think of a better opportunity for us to be involved in than with mental health and not even just regular mental health, the mental health of people who serve, you know, veterans and police officers and everything else. I think this is a very exciting opportunity to fly over state sports show. I agree. Yep. hundred percent. All right. Well, now that we're done with the sentimentals, I think it's time to get back to the regularly scheduled program. Um, A little less sentimental. Now the chiefs actually blew a team out. No, it didn't feel like it. Uh, it. It was one of those weird games. So the Chiefs played the Seahawks this last week and won. Bean, tell me what the score. I can never remember the score of the games. 24 to 10. 24 to 10. 14-point victory by the Chiefs that felt very in control the entire time that they were playing and yet felt unsatisfying. Yeah. Gentlemen, what say you? Was it just the bad sets of the year? No, I. So watching this game, no, 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 just not. It's not okay. Uh, Why does every single time Kansas City plays a team and wins, it feels like we have to rely upon the other team losing the game? rather than Kansas City just going out there and, like, just ripping their hearts out, winning the game. Like, 
we, this game, it felt like for a large portion of it, the second and third quarter specifically, we were just like trying to let Seattle come back into the game and they just weren't capable of doing it. Like that offense, our defense played well. Don't get me wrong. That roster is kind of like what we talked about last week. Just the holes are starting to show a little bigger, especially here late in the year. Chris Jones was a monster throughout the game, but also like, Geno Smith threw two interceptions where, like, I'm not entirely sure where the ball was actually, like, supposed to be put. They were so off target. And just, you kind of, there's, like, those things that happen throughout the game. It's like, Jesus, Seattle is not playing well whatsoever, and Kansas City still is incapable of just running away with this, even though they should be, where the Kansas City Chiefs and all of that. That was how I felt. How do you feel, Beans? You're the uh, optimist of the group. <laughs> so this game reminded me a lot of the – uh, Jacksonville game, which is like you shouldn't have yeah. this feeling because like I feel like Jacksonville is just a little bit better than Seattle, but it felt like the same game. Like this isn't a playoff team, and we aren't blowing them out of the water like what you said. Although there were a lot of positives, like I'm very glad our defense can show up against a terrible offense without Tyler Lockett. Like I expect our front four to beat a terrible offensive line and we did we did it yeah. frank clark looked great there was a lot yeah. of positives in this game frank clark showed up he did all the right things he did everything george, that you would want him to do in a contract that we paid him for george carloftis uh, showed up carloftis they yeah, did he's back he yep. looked great like i there was just like some, he yeah like there was some like moves he was making like you could tell he's been working on it and I think this game might help with his confidence a little bit because you could tell, like, just things were just a little bit crisper, more crisp, more crisp. Yeah, something like that. They look they look better. And so, like, hopefully. Yeah. So I hope that they can continue to build off that. And Chris Jones, like he's running away with, in my opinion, probably one of the better defensive linemen this year. Um, so I actually did want to um, since, since we're on the subject anyways. I think it's time to start talking about, and I'm kind of stealing this from uh, Mike Renner from PFF, but like, uh, isn't it kind of time to start talking about Chris Jones is probably the best defensive tackle currently in the NFL? Like, I I know Aaron Donald, everybody's going to sit here screaming. Yeah, no, everybody's going to jump. Yes. Aaron Donald's also like a year from retiring. Like, his mm-hmm. kind I mean, of. Aaron Donald's years. also like out for the rest of the year, too. That, well, I mean, that, that too. Even with a healthy Aaron Donald, like, Chris Jones has always felt like that next tier, but mm-hmm. it, it feels like with Aaron Donald feeling like he's on the way out or and like play maybe starting to decline, um, when Chris Jones wants to be really good, and I, I feel like that effort is a big, big portion of it, which is a <laughs> – that's a um, – you never know when you're going to get a uh, motivated think, Chris Jones. Yeah, I mean, I think that's just a component of being old and, like, you know, having bigger aspirations and goals. Right. But- and, but, but I mean that that uh, that level of play, him being the best defensive tackle in football, is certainly there. We saw it in this game, and that's a great thing for the Kansas City Chiefs defense. Well, and something that Chris Jones does really well is like showing up for games like this to prove that he's still good for all four quarters. And a team that's good, like the Bengals, Bills, you know, even during the Jaguars, like he's pacing himself for that fourth quarter to make that splash play. Yeah, it's kind of so, like. It's so he doesn't end up like Micah Parsons. I love Micah Parsons, but that dude looks like he's about to 
die on the field by the time the fourth quarter comes around. That guy yeah. is gonna be that guy's gonna be thirty by the time he's twenty five. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I love Micah. I hope he can learn how to pace himself because I'm afraid he's gonna burn himself out before he can make a Hall of Fame career. So that's he, yeah. Because no, he's I, on pace for that. Also, one other like not not counter, but like pushback. So like when you say best defensive tackle like in the NFL, are you taught like? How like what are we are we like encompassing like three four like nose tackles into that or are we talking more like not not yes. pure edge rusher not pure edge rusher I I know a lot of Bengals fans would push back with DJ Reader but like yeah. those but like Chris Jones and DJ Reader basically play different positions <laughs> yeah I and I I think with Chris Jones like it's almost like defensive player of the year like name in the hat kind of thing. Like, yeah. I don't think with DJ Reader, I don't think that name is in the hat there. It's because he's a nose guard. It's like Vince Wilford. Yes. Vince yeah. Wilford's never going to get that recognition, which sucks. Yes. Um, also, this is, like, not a hot take. Like, my specific hot take. This is just a, you talked about defensive player of the year. Um, The Steelers are, like, 6-3 and three or, like, 5-2 and two or, like, 6 and something along those lines. When TJ Watt plays, like... He's going to get Defensive Player of the Year votes, is isn't he? Like, even though he's played half of a season, I mean, like, I mean, you have it, to. Go that way? Like, <laughs> because the Steelers are like several games over five hundred, like as a team that's below five hundred when their best defensive player plays. Like, that's nuts. I, I don't know if there's a more important player to a like specific unit in the NFL than TJ Watt to that Pittsburgh Steelers defense. Like for whatever reason, secondary plays better because you got pressure on the quarterback. It's just like it's a force multiplier to the rest of the defense when he plays, and unlike any other team, dude, him and his brother were both crazy. We'll we'll get to his brother later, like you know. But to get back into to get back into this game, like the defense did their job, they did fine, you know. There was those two interceptions, and like what Gavin said, we don't know who Geno Smith was throwing to, but. On the offensive side, like there were a few positives, but there was a lot of negatives. Like the Justin Watson experiment, done. We're done. We're finished with it. It's oh over. my god! Did he ever? Did he ever get that one hundred yard game that you promised at the beginning of the season? We still have two games left in the season, and I'm yeah, I know. The you last said, week that it's done. You said it's done, Beans. There's there's two weeks left in the season, and that last week he's probably going to be a starter. So it might happen. You never know. Yeah, but he has he has the best quarterback in football consistently plays every single game is on a record setting pace for like lowest yards per route run. Like there's nothing to like here, but the coaching staff puts him out there because he looks like a tight end and we love tight ends. And that's what we want to do in Kansas city is we want to play football on Heisman mode and win with tight ends. I I feel like if you're going to set a record for yards per route run, when Rondo Moore's like season last year exists, like, I don't know how you're supposed to, like, I don't know, like, what, what you're here for. Like, what do I mean, you even he's do? He's here to run block. He, that's what he, he is. No, he is really good at the run block. Really good at okay, the run block. Okay, that's what he's here for. I, and I, so I'm game special, for that. Special so teams and run blocking. Special so teams and run blocking. Byron Pringle, then, if you wanted to do that. I'm so, I'm fine with Christian Watson, or Jesus, Christian Watson, <laughs> with Justin Watson, as long as we refer to him as a tight end, because that's what he's playing. He's out there to block first, run route second, and he's really bad at running routes, and he's really bad at – doing wide receiver things, which to me just puts him in the bucket of he's big, he, like, plays really hard, and he can block, which, like, 
that just describes a tight end, and he looks yeah, like yeah, it does. He is just a tight end. I and the my tight end that like, we tried to beat Tariq Woolen with, which is really yeah, funny. No, so actually, James, <laughs> I want to talk about that specific play because so I sent you a I sent a text in our group cha- group chat. I don't remember what it was, but there was the play he made against uh, J.C. Jackson and the Chargers earlier in the year, and me and Sam were on here talking about like everything was great. He did everything right, but because he's Justin Watson. Like, J.C. Jackson still caught up to him, got a hand on the football, and it was almost an interception, even when he did everything right. And we were like, that's still kind of concerning that that's, like, one of our, at that point, like, wide receivers that's playing all the time. And Patrick Mahomes is, like, Patrick Mahomes now has, like, vouched for Clyde Edwards-Alaire and Justin Watson, so maybe we just shouldn't let the motherfucker. That guy, the guy's got no GMing abilities. But, like... That uh, Tariq Woolen interception in this game was the exact same thing, except Woolen just made the play on the ball when he got there. Like, there was no difference. It's just, I don't, uh, my point with that is, like, these things that we say early in the year, like, yes, it ended up in a touchdown, but how we got there was actually kind of concerning. This shit matters because later in the year, we got punished for doing the exact same thing we got rewarded for earlier in the season. We I just wanted to say this is off top. This is an off topic, but this is like off topic. I was listening to. I was driving back from Manhattan from a uh, lunch beans. So beans and I went to lunch. We had a little lunch date, uh, and it. And so I'm listening to the game on the drive back, and during that play, Mitch Holtis made me believe that like Tariq, that Justin Watson had like five yards of separation and that Tariq Woolen like made the greatest like pass breakup of all time. And then like offhand, he like describes it as like, Oh my God, like this was so close to being a touchdown. And then offhand is like, he actually almost picked it off. And I was like, wait a minute. Like, what do you mean? He almost picked it off. You're making it sound like he fucking did. Um, God, what, what's the, uh, what's the painting? In uh, Italy, the one where God and the dude are touching fingers. Yeah. <laughs> it was that. It was like Tariq Wolin did like that painting, but like with the football to like, you know, tap it away from Justin Watson. Then you're telling me, wait, he almost picked it. Like, what the hell? So yeah. my thing I, with I Justin Watson. Peltis, that dude is super. That dude is like the most biased man I've ever heard. No, so, we have Beans on the podcast. That's yeah. a good point. Second most biased man I've ever heard. Beans. So I wanted to give Justin Watson that game the benefit of the doubt because it was cold, it's freezing, it's whatever. But then I'm like, then Patrick Mahomes does plays like what he did to score a touchdown. And it's like, okay. That play was overrated, by the way. Let's just get that out of the way, too. Whoa. I've seen that play a million times. No. Most quarterbacks would give up and like not even know to hit the pile on. Bro, I, I, I think that's part of it too. Is like Patrick Mahomes is like the first quarterback to figure out that like all you have to do is they're not the gonna throw they're they're not gonna hit me when I'm near the sideline because it's an automatic penalty. So I'm just gonna like cheat my way in as much yardage at the sidelines as I can because it's a cheat code in football and I can just do that. Like if that that linebacker could have easily just fucking cleaned Mahomes' clock because he's <laughs> supermanning on the sideline, but he can't. He's just gotta like let Mahomes wiggle his ass around and reach his fucking Kermit the Frog fingers out there for the end zone. And 
Like, I love that about it, but it's in my opinion, it's more a hole in the game of football than, like, Mahomes doing incredible. Like, it, it's a great play. I name don't me, take away from Name it. me L- another – outside of Josh Allen, name me another quarterback that would do that. Probably Lamar. You think – you Justin think Lamar has the arm it. strength to push his body Far off the ground and reach across? He can't even get the ball to the sideline. What do you mean Lamar can't get the ball to the sideline? Lamar can't even throw the ball to the sideline. You think he can pick up his 190-pound body off the ground to lunge his Bro, arm Lamar across the ground? Lamar wouldn't even die for that. He would have just been in the end zone because he's so damn. Okay, so then that's a completely different Just, conversation. Justin Herbert probably does this. I know. Uh, we're Justin we're all Herbert, that. We're again. The, the most impressive part of that play was him actually hitting the pylon. Yes, to have the awareness to like, hey, I can hit the outside of the pylon here and score. Yeah, that's why I said it's the most impressive part of the play. Well, the rest of the play is just whatever. Yeah, I like, think the awareness dove, part. He dove and used his offhand to keep him in the air. Like, okay, I've seen that before. Yeah, yeah no, nope. you were saying something. <laughs> I, we're we're also ignoring like a major part here of like Mahomes had the like throw to Justin Watson, which like Mahomes played a like okay game, missed some throws, like a, a couple of the drops from Justin Watson were honestly um like they they're on him. They weren't perfect throws. One of the it, things it was a noticed. cold game. It, it yeah, was a cold and game. that ball, it it when you have a cold game, I will tell you that ball feels like a. That can rifle. My, my my point with that is like Mahomes has kind of Mahomes has almost turned into this thing where like snap to snap is and Josh Allen's the same way. Snap to snap maybe isn't like as consistent as pretty as you like, but he'll always just have that one play that'll just get blown up, thrown all over uh me, sports media, all of that stuff that like makes you forget about the like maybe. 30%, 35% of the game, that was a lot of, like, not great. But because he had that one play, like, a lot of the good stuff all of a sudden seems, like, really, really good instead of just being, like, hitting a folding chair open receiver or dumping yeah. I mean, both of his touchdowns – his touchdowns were a tap pass to Kadarius Tony and a dump off to yeah. Derek McKinnon otherwise. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, no, I mean, he – him and Josh Allen are both uh, them boxers, like you know the heavyweight boxers back in the day, that can just kind of take some hits and then like, but if they if they get a punch up on you, you're knocked out. Like yeah, no, no, but like we're we're a little off topic here. Um, what I guess beans, what what do you actually like take away from this game besides the fact that our defense is still capable and our wide receiver core really really sucks it's just now the people that were biased on justin watson have like more proof that like maybe he is, isn't that good my main takeaway here was mostly like i can't say it's our d-line because our d-line dominated against a terrible offensive line i can't say it's our own line because they dominated against a terrible defensive line so it's like i i'm glad we beat a team that we are capable of beating and I hope that, like, this was the game plan the whole time. Just, you know, escape by, no injuries, nobody's hurt, everybody's healthy, we're not going to expose anything. Yeah, I kind of hope that was the game plan. I, I know that we have the San Francisco game. That San Francisco game kind of, like, covered up for a lot of a what is they didn't have McCaffrey they didn't have you know okay they had limited McCaffrey limited but offensive standpoint um because like Kansas City Chiefs just dominated offensively in that game what's yeah I know they're missing some players but like still a really good defense 
But, like, the rest of the year, this offense has been very, very, very inconsistent. Like, the last couple years was always, like, this offense can run with anybody. Their ceiling is just capable of, like, being unmatched in the NFL. I don't feel like that right now. I feel like everybody still feels that way because the name Kansas City Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes and Andy Mm -hmm. Reid carries so much weight. But I don't think if we went – I don't think we're capable of matching Buffalo in that playoff game. We We can't match Cincinnati either. That well, I, 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 we can't beat Cincinnati, period. But like, I don't think we can go blow to blow with the best offenses in the NFL right now because I don't think we're capable of like consistently playing at that level. Maybe for a quarter, for a couple drives, but yeah, I that that's and, and what feels like missing to me. I, exactly, but you know, like, like with like, you don't win Super Bowls in December. Like, you prepare for Super Bowls in December. Like the way Joshua Williams was playing was really good. Justin or not Justin Watson, Jalen Watson, a lot of JWs out there. Jalen Watson, he looked pretty good too as a rookie corner that like nobody really expected. He looked pretty good. Sneed, he covered Metcalf pretty like pretty good. Our corners, we saw more cook. And I'm wondering if this is where we're starting to see our secondary and spag starting to trust our rookies a lot more and let Cook take the reins here. Cause I uh, thought we uh, I thought uh, we looked let Cook cook. I honestly thought, in my personal opinion, we looked better as a secondary when Cook was out there. I, I have to go back and watch the game again, but I, I think we looked better. I, I agree, but again, a lot of our secondary looking good was Seattle's offense looking fucking terrible. Fair, yeah. Our defensive mm-hmm. line dominating in this game. So like I don't wanna I don't wanna come into this like this, uh, this is how the team this is how this team is supposed to win against good opponents like this game should have looked like that against the Bengals. this game should have looked like that against the bills like this is how the game should look all the time but it's looking like this against a terrible team well yeah terrible okay if we would have played them like two months ago like it'd probably be a little bit different of a score but like at this point they're not playing their best ball no i get that i I, I, go ahead yeah well, I would say I, I agree with you saying that you want that beans or like this is what you would want to see is them playing like this against the Bengals. But like there's a reason we saw this performance against a Seattle team that's playing really bad and doesn't have a good roster. And we're not capable of seeing this performance against better teams because they're better. Our worst players don't play as well when they're going up against players that are just simply better than them and being put in situations to succeed by their offensive schemes and stuff like that like there's a reason jamar chase just fucking cooks our secondary every single time we play him because we don't we don't have a fucking soul on this defense that's capable of going step for step not to mention t higgins across from him tyler boyd in the slot and like a whole slew of problems there that you have in yeah. cincinnati a team we can't match up against even buffalo honestly we do a better job of matching up against because it's just stefan Diggs and, and a bunch of they just have less so, weapons those yeah, games Allen's it's a different it's a different offensive and defensive scheme. It's more different offensively because defense, you're always prepping to stop them. But offensively, that game plan, whenever you're playing somebody like a Bengals or a Bills or a San Francisco is, we have to match our punches with their punches or they have to match their punches with our punches. And then, you know, hopefully the defense stops, but you know where both teams are kind of sitting. Like, you know, it's just going to be back and forth and who can outpunch who. So mm-hmm. this was a weird game. It was really weird. It was cold. Um, it was 
just weird. It didn't feel like exciting or anything. I don't know if it was nope. just because of the weather. Right. I don't nope. know what it was. It, it's the I, weather and the brand of football that Seattle plays. I, yeah. I it was a and it's a noon. It's a noon game. Like I feel like we should be in prime time at this point in the season. I'm I'm biased. We can all agree on this podcast, and at the very least, one of and I I, I don't think Kadarius Tony is just there as far as like route running and understanding the offense. Like one of Kadarius Tony or Sky Moore needs to be playing more. Like just bottom line, there's no reason that they like shouldn't be other than like they just don't understand the offense because we don't run a real offense. Like, I don't think it's that. Like Sky Moore is a smart guy. No, I I understand that, but we don't run a real offense. So like when you're trying it's hard to, learn to understand fake, what you don't know. Yeah, it's a lot of that is like understanding your quarterback. So I think it's I think it's like a weaning stage. Like we're weaning him off the rookie playbook. We'll give him the five year plan here after this season. I, I'm all for like slow pep, slow playing Sky Moore. He just he only played he played quarterback in high school. Like I understand he like could be slow coming onto the scene. At the same time. Jesus Christ, even if he's like, you got to tell him exactly what to do in the huddle. MBS, Juju, and Justin Watson aren't doing it. And your tight ends aren't MBS has been awful the last yeah. couple of So, like, if they aren't doing it, at what point I, – I'm at a loss with what Andy Reid and our coaching staff is trying to prove here with the tight ends and Justin Watson. I've been here all year. But now we're, like, have enough data points of this offense not looking good that it, like – genuinely is confusing why they're doing what they're doing um i i don't know that that's there's an obvious solution and for some reason it's not happening so it's got to be something off the field or like mentally or whatever that we don't see regardless it's a problem my thinking right here beans no uh, you, you mentioned something raised. you had you mentioned something that sparked something in my brain um the tight ends like Honestly, we play better with three tight ends on the field. Like, honest to God, like we play really good with three tight ends on the field, and I don't because get MBS and fucking Justin Watson aren't out there. Like, honestly, in a world where in a world where we're playing Travis Kelsey, Noah Gray, and whatever is left of Blake Bell Blake or Jody Bell. Fortson, like Bell it looks, it look even Mike Burton was out there playing tight end. He played like three or four snaps at tight end. Like, it looked better. <laughs> I, yes, Gavin. I think I agree with love you. Smash Mouth football beans. No, well, not even no, that. I, we passed too. We passed off of it. Well, we passed off of it. This yeah. is, this offense when we are playing with three tight ends looks an awful lot like we have Jimmy G at quarterback. Just nobody wants to say it because it's Patrick Mahomes. But like watching us just like run all these screens and dink and dunk the way down the field, it's working. I don't want to knock it at all. But it is really funny when like the uh, Jimmy G the um, uh, Big Ben gets made fun of for just like dumping it off and this low A dot. Like, Jarrett McKinnon has been our leading receiver like the past four weeks, and nobody talks about how, like, maybe it's slightly concerning that our offense moves the ball down the field by screen passes with three tight ends on the field to our running back. And, like, maybe that's something concerning that that's the only way we are capable of passing the ball. But it works, so nobody talks about it. Again, you see this theme of like. Yes. It's working. Andy Reid is like a wizard at figuring out these screens and everything. We get blockers out in space better than any team in football. I don't understand it. He's so fucking good at it. But, like, there's a reason that you can't just call screens the entire season and put, like, a numbers game out wide and just make it work. Andy Reid does it better than anybody. 
We're not beating the Bengals like that. We're not beating the Bills like that. We're going to beat a lot of really shitty teams like that. But that's that's where my concern comes in. Because I, I agree with you completely. It looks better. It works. Um, I, I honestly love a lot of the screen stuff we do with our, like, three tight ends. I think if that's what they're – if that's the only thing they're doing out there is run blocking for a obvious screen pass out to Kadarius Tony, great. That's awesome. The problem is sometimes they're not. Sometimes I like that. You got Sorry, Justin I didn't Watson mean to... running a post route on a uber athletic number one corner. So the, here, the, like the screens, we can I can mention this real quick, and then we can move on to Denver. But like that screen, I don't care remember if we did it against Seattle or if it was last week against Denver. It was the screen play where we motioned Kelsey across. They read that it was a zone, so the other guy bumped over, causing the outside linebacker to come in on McKinnon. And it was like a fake read and then a screen with McKinnon coming up underneath. It was beautiful. Like just the just the the artistic, you know, yeah. it was beautiful. Like just yeah. the little things like that. It's the it's the motions, it's the screens. Like we're just causing defenses to think, Yeah, what are you guys gonna do? The only thing we're missing is the deep threat. Like the deep yeah. threat, we did this before. We used to dink and dunk before. We yes. just would sprinkle in five or six deep passes to make it seem like this is an explosive yes, fucking offense. Now yes. it just looks like we're a we're a we're a, a, a BB gun compared to a fucking rifle at this point. Well, yeah, we aren't capable of that downfield passing game, which it's it's funny. It's like the difference between us and the Chargers and like the coaching staffs that we have. Like we aren't capable of it, but we're gonna make it work because we have Andy Reid, and like the Chargers are just led by a bunch of idiots and they can't figure out how to make a team that's incapable of passing the ball, like form a good defense or offense against bad defenses. Yeah. But regardless, like it, it can, it won't, we're going to run into a situation <laughs> where we're going to have to like open up the uh, pass downfield and everything that's concerning, but yeah. All right. I got to get another beer. Talk about Denver. You know what it sounds like, Gavin? What? With all these screens. Wait. All right. Screen. It, it it cracks me up because you always hear like whenever someone talks about Jimmy G in San Francisco, they're like, oh, it's just like it's just scheme and it's all a bunch of BS. It's a bunch of screens. It's this like handoffs and low A dot shit. And then I like watch our offense this year and I'm like, huh, I mean, isn't that exactly what we're doing? I, all the I, think, I think in football, a lot of stuff is the same and people get it gets presented slightly different. Yeah, and people think it's really smart, but really, I really Andy Reid just runs a variation of the West Coast, and Kyle Shanahan runs a slightly different version of the West Coast. Yeah. Speaking of the West Coast, Denver under my yeah. ran the West Coast. Look at that! I'm a genius. Their coach just got fired. Nathaniel Hackett out of a job couldn't hack it in Denver and now we have two games to have the what was it they after the first game of the season Nathaniel Hackett hired uh what's his nuts a clock game manager clock game manager and now he's the head coach in term for the Denver Broncos this is how I win I don't even know what his name is I don't even know who it is I don't even know who it is either like it's like to the point where the coaching staff is so low, like did, did that that we don't know. Uh, th- this guy was out of work until he got hired as a clock game manager, and then was bad at a clock game manager, and now he's the head coach. 
We have yeah, a, we, we live have... in a world we live in a world where a clock game manager specialist and a uh, TV news guy are head coaches in the NFL right now. This yep. has been a very weird. <laughs> this is so weird. You think there's a reason why this NFL season has seemed just fucking odd and like un? Yeah, I'm. No. I, I'm done. Th- th- this season's been weird. Like all the games have been close, which makes it all look very uh, rigged. Like this has been such a weird season for everything. I always and, hate... oh sorry. Well, I was just gonna say like credit to Nathaniel Hackett. He lasted two games more than Urban Meyer. He now joins like <laughs> Urban Meyer and two other dudes from like the seventies and sixties to be the only guys fired in their first year before the season was over. Um, I know Barstool likes to talk about how the interim head coach gets a boost to their players and team or whatever. I I can't see it. That team just got absolutely destroyed. I think that team is done. Um, what's it, you guys? Do you guys have anything you want to preview with this game? It's going to be on New Year's Day 2023. Fresh start for both teams in the new year. Um, does Denver end up coming back and, like, you know – Playing with some heart is, you know, was Hackett's offensive scheme the complete problem? Is Russ going to turn back into two seasons ago, Russ? Like, what what are we looking at here, gentlemen? Gavin? Um, so, from a Denver perspective, well, I want to actually start here. I hate in the offseason, I know we talked about this last offseason, you always get, like, the Rooney rule and all these, like, racism things brought up around like head coaching vacancies and who's getting hired and all of that. It's like a really big deal. And I honestly think that there is like a shred of truth to all of that when it comes to this stuff. My problem with it is it is it like that stuff doesn't just exist in the off season, except nobody gives a shit in the middle of the season when like fake NFL coaches get hired and like these just like random like BS hires get made and they're just like, oh, that's just who they decided to go with because you just got to find somebody and whatever. It's like, it's not a real NFL coach, but it just doesn't matter. So we're just going to like roll with whoever. I don't even know if the like special team or the clock coordinator guy, I don't know his race or whatever. It just pisses me off that it never gets talked about here. We can just go hire some dude off the street. And it's okay. It's only racist or only bad in the offseason. Go ahead. I, I, know, I know there was a lot of backlash with Jeff Saturday, but I think that was mostly just due to uh, him coming from a TV and B, like outside of the organization. This one definitely feels like a, oh, he was already there, so who cares type thing. Yeah. You're not gonna. Um, also, you're not gonna no bring. Offense, the Broncos are super irrelevant right now, and there's two games left yeah. in the season. So yes. No, who like, are you? Who are you gonna bring in? Like at the end of the season, two weeks left in your season, and well, say like, "Hey, come in and bring in your philosophy." Like, I mean, this guy just seems like a martyr. It it feels almost yes. like no one wants to coach this team for two weeks. They know that like if they do, they could tarnish their what? next job. Because I can't yeah. imagine that anyone on that staff is like, well, yeah, we're kind of fucked. We're you, not coming back. You know this clock game coordinator, like, he might not get I, – I wish we knew his name, honestly, because, like, you know, I, I like, after this – Yeah, I don't – I sent it. I don't remember I know. Anyways, but you know, like, after this job, he's not going to be a head coach somewhere. Yeah, so, like, just, it doesn't just matter. Be a clock game specialist for whoever else. 
I don't know because he was nothing before, and the only guy in the NFL willing to hire him got fired. Uh, yeah, that's so, a good point. Um, I I don't really feel like previewing this game like too much. Like, I do want to bring Rachel on next week, though. I think this will be important. We, we can, we should. I, I can talk to Rachel, and like, we'll see like what her schedule looks like for next week. It might be the week after that. But like, I mean, we played this game what like two, three weeks ago. Yeah, it was two weeks yeah, ago. We played this game two weeks ago. Really, nothing has changed except Other than uh, except Nathaniel Hackett got fired, right? Yeah, so, but I, mean, I, like, mean, I don't know. Russell Wilson getting benched because he got made fun of by Patrick Starr was kind of funny. That was so goddamn funny. Yeah, but he got he got benched because they're done with forty. Yeah, yeah. Like, Brett, Rip, but Brett Rippin threw a fucking pick six. But you see, like, the implosion starting. Like, it's been happening, but, like, that game, I don't know if it's because it was on Dude, Nickelodeon. Dal- Dalton Reisner, like, got into Tore it with into Brett Rippin for, like, trying to defend Russ. Um, I don't know how good Dalton Reisner's been this season. From Denver Twitter, I've heard it's not good. Yeah. So it's kind of a blind, like, yelling at the blind situation there, which pains me because, you know, go Cats. But like that, that team just that team just feels disjointed. Like that's got to be a house cleaning, Gavin. We're uh so a I guess a to address the Dalton Reisner thing. Russell Wilson has like one of the highest average time to throw in the NFL, and also is notorious for oh. scrambling scrambling out the back of the pocket. Like it's it's always one of those things where remember how the offensive line was really bad in Seattle for years. Like these types of quarterbacks, that Patrick Mahomes is one of them too that invite pressure, that kind of, like, maybe make it seem like the offensive line is not doing their job, when in reality they're making a lot of their own problems. Russ is absolutely mm-hmm. one of those on, one of those quarterbacks. There's It's not a perfect offensive line, but Denver's offensive yeah. line is absolutely, like, just middle of the pack. It's not a problem. It's not a part of the problem in Denver. I, I um, would like to see, like, a PFF. I, I would like to see, like, Ryzen's PFF grade. Like, yeah. gen, like no. genuine. Because, like, well, again, I, that, for, PFF for is not worth, perfect. But like it's ballparkish. That everything I just told you was directly off of PFF's podcast, so okay. um, that was where that had came from. But um, from a like Denver perspective, I know we were talking about effort with Chris Jones earlier, and I don't I don't know if I mentioned this on the podcast. I know I've mentioned it just in like passing throughout the season, but like um, like I I've had Denver's defense and fantasy throughout the year, and I always talked about like the game where they just give up because of Russell Wilson, like it's going to happen. It's you always see it with defenses. K-State's defense did it with Will Howard, a quarterback a couple of years back. Like, it yeah, just, I it remember happens. that you get pissed off. And it's one of these things where like, these are two shitty teams playing each other. The Rams are not a good team. This is the Rams preseason roster. It, plus- it, it should have been, it should have been that scene from the Simpsons where like the two the monkeys, monkeys like have yeah. knives. And everyone's but, trying to bet on them on the side. Love that gift, by the way. Yes, but gift. like this, Jeff, this Rams team that is terrible and has nothing go for it, going for it, no reason to win, just blew the Broncos out simply because the Broncos eff- like just had no reason to give effort anymore. And I don't blame them. Like this is just this team's defeated. This team's done. Now, does that change with an inter- interim coach? I'm worried about that. I mm. believe in the coach firing bump. Um, that said, like this team is so fucking beat down. This has been a terrible year. Everybody hates each other there. Um, I'm not. I, Kansas City's going to win this game. There's no reason that they shouldn't. I know we tried to lose it last uh, last week. It's it's because we're capable of we're undisciplined and capable of losing to any team in the NFL. But like, 
as far as this game is concerned, we're going to have a whole offseason to talk about how terrible of a situation Denver is right now. For right now, this is a defeated team. There's no reason that Kansas City should have any trouble with them. In fact, like, I think we're better than the Rams. There's nothing on paper that, like, shouldn't say if that we get the same Denver team next week, we get the same just defeated and just done with life Denver team. Should, should blow them out of the fucking water. That's what I expect. That's the Denver team we get. If we get a little, like, coach bump and they try harder, like, maybe we struggle. But I'm going to say, like, 35 to like, 34 to 10 Kansas City. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I just call a spade a spade. That was embarrassing uh, on Denver's part. Like, genuinely embarrassing. Like, between Reisner and Rippon going in at it, between Russ's play, between the coach getting fired afterwards, between Patrick Starr, like, <laughs> embarrassing you on the internet. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe that video exists. That yeah, that's I, one of have you ever seen the episode of South Park where they put Kenny's like ass like for the school pictures? Like and like they put it on a milk carton and then two people with asses for face faces come up to find their lost son because they saw Kenny on the milk carton. <laughs> Cartman, like in that scene, like can't laugh because he blew a funny fuse because he saw the funniest thing he'd ever seen. And for, like, five seconds, like, that's all I could think about was just, like, oh, my God. Like, it's the death of comedy. Like, I'm never going to see anything funnier than this. And the only thing that would have been funnier would have been if um, Nick let us vote for him for MVP. I know. He didn't let us do that, which is a disgrace. I hate that. That But, like, if if Russ would have gotten that trophy, like, done a post-game interview and ended it with Broncos Country, Let's Ride. I literally don't think I would have found anything funnier. Like, I don't know what else it would have been. And if, if that doesn't, if my rambling right there doesn't tell you anything about what I think about this game, about how I'm talking about the last game and like the MVP and anything, like Kansas City should win this game. Denver, I think, will be a lot more competitive than the last game. I think, you know, these are grown men and competitors, and that was super embarrassing. And they'll definitely try, and they'll definitely try for the new coach. I think at the end of the day, though, a lot of people still don't like Russ in that building, and I think that is just going to be a uh, systemic problem. Um, I think Kansas City should probably win, like, 34 to, like, 17. You know how hard it is is in that moment? Like, I I remember watching it live. And it was so – think how terrible Denver's season has been, how, like, much stuff has come out. We've had high knees on airplanes, all this stuff. And that level of, like, embarrassment was so shocking and unbelievable that, like, I had to re-watch the video on Twitter after watching it live. I didn't laugh live. Like, I was in such disbelief and shocked of, like, what was unfolding before my eyes when Patrick Starr is saying that's not what he meant to cook and shit Dude. like that. Like, I didn't laugh. I laughed so fucking hard when I watched it on Twitter. But, like, that was, after, like, the third time I'd watched it. It was so unbelievable watching It that. was like a Twilight Zone moment, genuinely. Yes. Like, yeah. that whole game was like a Twilight Zone moment where it was, you literally, like, saw the team give up on everything. Yes. Like, it, it's so, sur- like, 
it's so surreal to watch those moments because the Rams aren't any like better than the Broncos and there's nothing to suggest it. And you literally watch the team give up in real time. And like you watched a coach literally like get fired essentially in real time. Like the, after the first like quarter, it literally felt like the defense just said, okay, we're going to play as bad as we can. So that way maybe they'll just fire this guy. Yeah, so, I don't know. Yeah. That was embarrassing. Beans? So, I think this game is going to be very similar to, like, the not the previous game, because I feel like the previous game had – it kind of depends on who you get. Like, you're going to get good Russ? Or are you going to get crappy Russ? Or are you going to get Brett Rippon? Like, Derek Carr was already benched. Like, what's going to happen? We don't know. Like, there could be a decision made Friday saying that this new coach is like, I don't like Russ. We're going we're gonna to bench him for Brett Rippon. So, I'm going to say it's going to be close. Yeah, you no might as well bench him so he doesn't get hurt. You might as well, like... If you're going to have to go with them next season, why even have them play at this point? So, I'm going to go with 24-10. It's going to feel... It's going to be closer than what it really is, so... Hey, we got the same scores last week. Yep. So, uh, just just an announcement. This is... I don't really want to... I don't give a shit about Derek Carr getting benched. I think pretty much the Raiders have just decided to move on. And he'll probably get cut or traded at the end of the year. I don't know which one is more fruitful from a financial and like draft pick compensation deal he'll have plenty of people willing to you know trade for him you know like carolina and like all those other teams yes gavin uh so from the uh contract situation and all that it makes more sense and it's easier for what i was just pointing at you oh it's easier for the raiders and makes a lot more contractual sense and you can feel about it however you want but it's easier for them to get rid of uh, McDaniel than it is Derek Carr. Like, significantly easier. I, um, I get that. I just think that I... No, I, I understand. Like, I, I'm saying as far as what's easier for them contractually, money-wise, graphic-wise, all that. I don't know what's the okay. right answer. Just, like, that's the reality of where they're at. I I just wonder what you could get for him if you trade from. Because, like, Carolina would probably pay you for him and... I mean, Tampa Bay would probably pay you for him if Brady leaves. Um, Fox Seattle might pay for him. I mean, depending on how they feel about Geno after uh, this. Um, like, I don't know. I, I, I feel like Derek Carr is going to be a starting quarterback in the NFL next. Like, like, you can't tell me that, like, the Jets, if they struck out on, like, Jimmy G, wouldn't just go get Derek Carr. Yeah. You know, and my thing is, like, I hope. Not because I'm not a Raiders fan by any means. I think Raiders fans are scum. Anyways, like, I think Derek Carr, like, they have put that guy through shambles. Like, they have tormented tormented this motherfucker for so fucking long. I hope he goes somewhere, makes his money, and I hope he makes it to a playoff and makes a good playoff. Like, he deserves this. it, It feels like every time they bring in a new coach, they don't want Derek Carr. It's very, I don't want to say Kirk Cousins esque. He's 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 like a worse version of Kirk Cousins. D- Derek Carr is like an overly aggressive version of Kirk Cousins, in my opinion. Kirk Cousins is like borderline top ten because like he's limited, but he knows he's limited, and like doesn't like completely implode on himself. Derek Carr has like 
pretty much the same skills and same abilities, but he thinks he's better than he yeah. is, and yeah. like that gets him into trouble. It and it's it's less so. I'm trying to think of an example of like like it's not uh, like Jimmy G. I, like like Carr and Cousins are definitely more skilled than Jimmy G, but Jimmy G has like the Kirk Cousins mindset, so like he doesn't yeah. fuck up anything. Yep. But somebody else got benched, didn't they? Uh, this week. Zach <laughs> Wilson's the only one that comes to mind. Yeah. White's going to start. Zach Wilson's inactive. Jay Glazer's pretty much saying that he's going to get moved off of. Um, I don't know. Like. No, that's, oh, that's it. Yeah. I, I don't know. Like, oh, Tua. Tua's concussion. Tua's concussed. I mean, th- this is turning into like just a round table of what's happening to starting quarterbacks. Uh, Teddy B is going to be the starter, and I'd imagine Skyler's going to be the backup for that game. So Skyler might play because concussions run in the Dolphins' quarterback room. Yeah, We'll I, see if Mac Jones still has a starting job after what he's who been knows. doing. Who right, knows? Well, we're here. We may as well just move into the quick hitters. Um, what do you guys – this to a concussion thing is so weird because I saw a um like one of the first things I saw when I like started looking at stuff on Twitter. One of the like first um and most popular there was a doctor on Twitter. I, oh, I, I know I, who you're talking about. That was essentially saying there was nothing in the game to indicate that he should have went into protocol, blah blah blah. Now the the uh obvious like pushback to that is like, well, it doesn't have to happen in the game. Like, if he's showing concussion symptoms, like, outside of the game, just in day-to-day life, like, that's also a major problem. I don't know if that's the case, but, like, that maybe that's what's going on. Regardless, we have, like, a really confusing, scary, um, me not trusting the medical field is not helping me with this, but, like, there's a lot of unknown right now with Tua. What What's your guys' thoughts on it? What What's your guys' reactions? What do you got? So, um... My personal like, thing go go ahead, Sam. I was just gonna say, like, this is like third concussion-ish symptom like yeah. of the season. Like he's gotta be shut down, don't you think? Well, that's yeah, uh, that's the thing to me is like we should be at or beyond the point that he should be shut down. Him coming back shouldn't be a conversation, in my opinion. If concussions are as bad or as real as like people would want you to think, and that's I, that's my issue with it is like the same people that are telling you that concussions are a big deal, that this affects your brain, all this stuff. Those are the same people that are trying to tell you that like, uh, oh, you can come back immediately and be fine. And they're also trying to tell me that NFL head coaches that played football are actually really smart, but that's a separate issue. What do you think? I I think the biggest problem not to cut beans off again, but I think uh, one of the big problems is, like, you probably suffer a concussion, like, mid-game, and you don't really know, and then the next day, it's like, oh, shit, like, my head fucking hurts, I definitely have a concussion, and it's like, I don't know, I don't know what you do about that, like, you can't diagnose a concussion that you don't know that you have, unless, yeah. like, you give someone a test and they fail it, so, uh, what do you think, Beans? So I've I've been on the podcast before and I've mentioned it before. Like I'm not gonna bring up like a lot of my past and what I went through, but like in my personal opinion is you don't fuck with head injuries. Like no, I agree with you. We, yes, I we, agree. We know like Tua Tua's always said like 
he's had an injury problem. We've said it since he was at Alabama. He has an injury problem. Those are probably more bodily than it is mentally now. Now you're messing with the mental side of things. You have to question like where he's at. I know for a fact when I was in college playing, like, like not a lot of players will admit this, but like the repetitive blows to the head. I told you guys on podcast, I said they had to rearrange my concussion screening because it lowered. Like you do take repetitive blows to the head and you do like it messes with you guys. Like, yeah. I, and I hope if they say Tua can come back in, I think this should show more on the Dolphin side than it does on Tua's side. Cause Tua is a competitor. He's going to sit here. Cause just like I was, I said, I want to go back out there. I want to keep playing. I don't care what my, I don't care what my score says. I don't care where I'm at mentally. I want to go back out there. That's what Tua is saying. I guarantee you like 85% sure Tua is saying, I want to go back out there. The doctors yep. are the only thing that's stopping him is the doctors, and the doctors aren't stopping him. So I get that's 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 my problem is um, I understand head injuries are a different thing than like a ACL or whatever, but like you, the team depends, the team pays these doctors. These doctors, it is their job to say this person is recovered from this ACL injury. They like here's their uh, chance of re-injuring it. Like we have a system that we go through all this stuff. The head is like it's a it's a muscle. It's same thing here, except we haven't figured out a way for it to recover. We don't understand it near as much. All that stuff that that comes back on the doctors to me. I'm extremely biased in that, but like it is their job. They're the most knowledgeable. They know better than we do the repercussions of like your head getting fucked up and all of that stuff. And for some reason, these are the same people that are making the calls that oh he can just go back in and be okay or it's his third concussion but this one isn't as big a deal we shouldn't worry about this one that i i have strong moral reservations against that i think that's not a i think a doctor should that is literally the doctor's job to be protecting the person they don't appear to be doing that um whether the team is getting in the way of that whether the team is paying off a doctor the team should be trying to uh, protect their players too i understand all that but like that first line, the most knowledgeable person, the guy who understands the most what it takes to protect the player is these doctors. And for whatever reason, we just don't seem to be doing that when it comes to concussions. We don't seem to understand it. We have different uh, ways to enforce it. We have different, I don't want to call it laws, but you know what I mean. Like yeah. uh, when it comes to each and every single person that it just it doesn't, has never made any sense to me. Um, it pisses me off when it comes to the medical field, but I agree with you too, that part of the blame still comes back on the team. Well, Gavin, I think what you just said there was very interesting and very telling concussions are still a very hit or miss type thing that we don't understand a whole lot about kind of like the technical difficulties that we experienced and why we have a very weird cut. Also some very weird news. We told you we would get to it. Um, JJ Watts retiring. He just, like, tweeted out, like, oh, yeah, this was my last home game. And it was like, what the fuck, JJ? Like, what? What? Is this, like, how he really wanted to go out? Like, honestly, like, such a well-renowned name, such a great player. I loved watching JJ Watt. He was a great player. He brought Houston from the ground up. And, like, and then, like, he just says, like, yeah, I'm retiring. Like, I figured he'd want, like, a ceremony, like, you know, like a no, season. No, not JJ Watt. Yeah. You don't think so? The only thing I could have seen, I... I wish he would have played one more season back in Houston, but JJ's been so injury prone over his career. I'm kind of glad he didn't. 
I hope yeah. he signs like a one day contract with Houston. Like that, that's kind of. I agree. I as far as JJ Watt goes, I'm happy. Well, a he just like that family and JJ Watt, just like football guy, literally just like yep. I'm here playing football. Um, it's uh, like you said, it's not about a ceremony or whatever. Just like eh, I'm done playing football now. There's no more football left for me. That's it. Like. That's all it is to him. He's retiring. He's retiring from the game. It doesn't need to be anything extravagant, whatever. Um, one of the most dominant players at their position in their prime. Like, just absolutely mm-hmm. incredible what he was MVP able to do. candidate. Defensive yeah. MVP finished second for MVP candidate. That's how yeah. dominant he was. He's uh, just like, he had multiple, I think it was like multiple 20 sack seasons. Just mm-hmm. like crazy. Um, as far as like... To, like today here though like he's a half a sack away from ending his career on double digits at double digit sacks like i'm happy he's going to be able to go out playing well healthy hopefully knock on wood like i'm happy for the person and player that he's going to be able to do that and i think that that's also kind of part of it i'm sure that him as like uh at 34 years old is thinking you know what like i've had a great career I want to finish it on my terms, playing well, and he's absolutely going to get the opportunity to do that. So I'm I'm very happy for JJ Watt. Uh, I was listening to the New Heights podcast. We don't give free shout outs here at the Flyover State Sports Show, but I was listening to the podcast, and Jason Kelsey had mentioned um, on the show when they were playing against Houston, and Lane Johnson, who's like a all pro right tackle, like literally one of the, one of the five best offensive linemen, like, one of the best offensive tackles in the game and still is at a very old age. Like he said he was going against JJ Watt and like they come into the huddle at like the end of the first quarter and he's like pale and stuff and white as a sheet. And, um, Kelsey was like, are you okay? And he's like, dude, it's like I'm swimming in the middle of the ocean and there's just a shark and he's wearing the number 99 Jersey. <laughs> so like if that doesn't explain like how jj was like his technical sound like him being him not being also on the field on the field dominant person but then off the field like the most lovable like oh yeah dude gave so much money to like his charities helped with houston during the hurricane and everything and i I don't know if you could think of a more perfect human being to be honest that's family how perfect he is yeah that whole family is like that. Like, I don't want to take away from JJ, but just the whole Watt family, as far as, like, people, seems to just be, like, in- incredible human beings. And, like, what – they they uh, represent a lot of what can be great about football. I exactly. Love and, like, uh, when he was drafted by Houston and everybody was booing him, and then just to turn around and be this most – like, he, he just walked around like he was just the guy. Just the guy, like he was floating on air through Houston. It was great. It's a great story. Great story. I think kind of the crazy thing is, and like it's hard to really like think about this, but the Texans are a twenty-year-old franchise. Yeah, like they've only been around since two thousand two, and like Mario Williams was a first over was a first overall pick on that team in uh, two thousand six. And, like, I mean, the way that Deshaun Watson went out, it would never be like this. But, I mean, like, J.J. Watt's, like, the number one player in that franchise's history. Like, he is their, like, Lawrence Taylor for the Giants, Mm -hmm. basically. And so, like, it's not often you get a Hall of Fame player and 
it's also not often that you get a Hall of Fame person as a Hall of Fame player. Yes. Um, JJ, I mean, it, it's very weird. I don't. JJ played eleven seasons. I, I believe this was his eleventh season. It's eleventh or twelfth. I can't. I think he was drafted in eleven, like mm-hmm. two thousand. And it's very sad that he got so many injuries. It would be really fun to see kind of what his stats would be. If maybe he didn't get hurt as much. Maybe he decided he could get squeeze like maybe two more years out of the orange. But I mean, you see him posing at the game with his little kid, and you're just like, "Yeah, go be a dad. You you yes. did the you you did all you needed to do. Go get out of here. Come back in five years with a gold jacket and go enjoy your life." I agree. Yep. What well, just God, one of the most likable players. It he he's just one of those Oh, he's just one of those awesome players. I we're gonna, I'm gonna miss JJ Watt. He's so freaking good. Bless you. Gazuntite. Good gosh. You yeah, all, right? all those haters. You okay? Yeah, we're good. We did all right. So so JJ is J, JJ's gonna be first ballot, don't you think? Yes. Yes. Should Probably. be. Yes. I would imagine so. Mainly because the Hall of Fame voters are biased as fuck, and they take like uh, off-field shit in consideration too. So, all right, so, we're so gonna Gavin. end this one talking about the bowl games for both teams. Currently, KU is getting their ass handed to them. Still, beans. Can I get a score update for that game? Uh, horrible. I, I get it's horrible. We still have to technically cover it in a minute sense. Uh, 38-23, three minutes left in the fourth. Oh, that's not that that's bad. That's not as bad as it was. They, yeah. they, they've definitely closed the gap there. They, they've closed the gap. It was like 31-7 to seven at one point, wasn't it? Yeah, it was horrible. Yeah, Jalen <laughs> Daniels had thrown two picks. All right, well, you know what? KU, good on you for not getting yourself in. What, how much time is left, did you say? Three minutes in the fourth. Three minutes. Okay, well, shout out to you for not getting embarrassed because it looked like you were going to get embarrassed there. But uh, I... I, I didn't get to watch anything other than the first half of the game because we came on to record and KU was kind of get, getting their ass kicked. So congrats to KU on not looking like a bunch of idiots and getting like blown out by like 30 points. Uh, no, yeah. No, it, it sounds like there's a lot of KU fans there, which good for which them. Which is good. Um, which is good. Like they knew this is the first time in so many years that they've made it to a bowl game. Like they're going to turn out. And so shout out to them. Enjoy the city of Memphis. Come home, you know, and Try just get ready for basketball. Yeah. Get ready for Try basketball. Try to enjoy now. the stadium. That stadium is a dump. Dump. <laughs> Dumpster Gavin, Gavin can't confirm. Beale Street is fun. By the time you're listening to this, you will already be off Beale Street. But uh, I, I don't got anything really else for that. I think it's just kind of a good season by KU. Six and seven is a lot better than a lot of people would have said. Um, And, you know. Bucket, right? Good season. You got the extra practices in. It's a good way to end stuff for your seniors. Obviously, not the way you want to, but hey, a lot. Nope. Nobody lot expected you. To a, yeah, a lot of KU players haven't gone to a bowl game. So nobody past- expected you here. Nobody. And to be there is an honor. So I think yeah. they are very appreciative of where they're at. Uh, do you have anything for that, Gavin? No, I was. I'm. I'm all here for like the moral victories and the like not, uh, you know, compared to early season takeaways, like 
obviously this is a success. Um, a couple like garbage time scores when you're down 31 to seven to make you feel better, like helps a little bit, but surely um, we can, we can like agree that this is like not necessary, maybe a letdown a little bit. For a I, lot I think of- it's an eye opening, yeah. right? Yeah, I, that's I, a good th- way to I think it's an eye opening of okay, we've made it to a bowl game and we're going to play an SEC team that's pretty middle of the pack right now. And here's the difference between where we are and like that middle of the pack SEC team is. So like we want we're here and we want to get over here. Like right. Right? yeah. Cause I mean I don't want to say this about case. You know, I'm not even going to say it about K-State because um, we're going to, I'm going to say it and we're going to look like idiots if we get destroyed by Bama. So it, it has nothing to do with Bama. It's really more about where K-State should place, like in terms of SEC packing order. But yeah. I, I think it's just, I think it's just one of those things where it's like, all right, well, like KU, I think kind of saw what, how much more they needed to build. And I think that's a good thing. I think it's a good thing to open eyes and say, like, hey, this is nice, but, like, if you want to get to the next step, this is how good you're going to have to be. And, I mean, Jalen Davis throwing don't a couple have, of picks there just doesn't help. You, I mean, it, it's a, I like w- the way that you put that to where you don't just, like, have one good year back and it's like, oh, the program's fixed. Like, now we're a good, nope. like, football program and everything. That's not how it works. Like, it's stepping stones. This is a great step. You got to take another step next year. This is – so, I I hate this example because it's so cheap. It's not even an example. But it, it's such a lazy, like comp- – but K-State made the Liberty Bowl against Arkansas. And Arkansas was a lot better than this Arkansas team. In 15 with Joe Hubner and Cody Cook playing quarterback. And we yeah. kind of like back. We kind of won three three games in a row at the end of the season to get in there. Blah, 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 blah. And we got out there and just got the hell beat out of us. Yep. That game. And it's kind of one of those things where you open your eyes and you're like, oh, my God. Like, we're not close. And I think that's kind of, I think it's good. It's usually good for usually bowl game time for teams in like the six and six and seven and five range. It's a good chance to take, especially in the build phase, to take some medicine and to eat eat a slice of humble pie. And I'm not saying that like KU fans needed a medicine or needed humble pie, but I think it's good losses for the program in the long run. Yes. It's like the Chiefs losing to the Patriots in that AFC title game against the Patriots. Probably aren't as we probably don't make all the adjustments we make to win the next year and all that stuff. We probably don't come back against Houston that year. We probably get embarrassed if we lose, if we win the previous year. You know what I mean? No, I agree. There's just some losses in order to build the program that you need to take, because if things are good all the time, then you don't change things. No, yeah, I completely agree with you. Um, And now that you mentioned K-State, like... I think we're about to take one of those losses. (laughs) Damn, hot off the gates here. Um, hot out, hot yeah. off the gates. So K-State is playing Alabama in the All-State Sugar Bowl, which is like one of the only bowls that has consistently been named 
the same sponsor since I've been a kid. Yeah, because yeah. it used to be like Goodyear for Cotton Bowl, uh, Chick-fil-A, Peach Bowl. I don't even know if Chick-fil-A still sponsors that bowl. Um, it was the Rose Bowl presented by City, the FedEx Orange Bowl. Yeah, it used to be the FedEx Orange Bowl. You it was the Capital – wasn't it Capital One there for a while too? It was Capital One. I know it was FedEx for a second, and then it was Capital One. And then uh, it was Tostitos Fiesta Bowl. And then, dude, the Fiesta Bowl has got a weird-ass history. Because yeah. it was like, Verbo is fine now, but it was like PS4 at one point, and then like mm-hmm. Battle Frog sponsored it, which was yeah. like a fucking like obstacle course thing. It was like, where did you find the money? Like, where does Battle Frog have the money to sponsor the fucking Fiesta Bowl? Like, what the fuck? We're about to I get think- to the Dollar General Bowl. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Anyways. Um, yeah, so K-State will be playing Alabama. Both teams are pretty much at full strength. Some players who there's Knowles, a guard that like is a starter for Bama that like transfer portal, but from everything I've read on Twitter, he was kind of getting replaced by a freshman. So I don't know how true that is, but pretty much all te- both teams, minus a couple transfers here and there, are full send, full go. You have Alabama, who is college football royalty versus k-state who is college football not royalty and we are not selling this game at from espn whatsoever <laughs> no it is upsetting but you know it is what it is th- this game like like you mentioned with the transfer portal like bama's transfer portal here k-state's transfer portal like three guys so we, like we lost I'm, like through jackson that was gonna end. yeah so like <laughs> i'm i'm like pretty okay with like where we're at as far as like people entering the transfer portal before bowl season. So I'm, I'm sitting like a little bit more comfortable. Um, I don't know exactly how many Alabama players were backups, how many were starters, et cetera. I, um, I, wouldn't, know either. I wouldn't know that either. Um, but I know Malik Knowles has been practicing. He's been, so suppose Echo. Echo's been practicing. Martinez has been practicing. So like the pieces that were hurt against TCU, like it sounds like they might be, be a hundred percent. They'll play. They'll play. Every ounce of their body is going to be. Yes. Every ounce of their body is going to be poured into this game. So like it's it's going to be a good. We're going to give it our all. Like you know, what do we have to lose? Uh, our dignity, I guess. I don't know. I. So, from my perspective on this game, um, whenever you play Alabama, like the the Oklahoma. Sugar Bowl against Alabama, like that game, the Trevor Knight game, that game still talked about. Part of that is because Trevor Knight was starting, but like, yes. um, like when you get a chance against Alabama, as we're just talking to KU about, like, like what what's there left for K State to compare themselves to, where we're at as a program, and right? Like, we just won the Big Twelve, like we are, we have a very very good roster all around. Maybe not where we want to be at quarterback per se, but like. Kept coming into the season, we knew that we had an outstanding roster. Like we're we're here. What does this look like against the best in college football? We get an opportunity to see that. Um, I love listening to Chris Kleiman talking about. I I used to make fun of him for it. I still think it's slightly retarded the way he believes some things. But he has the mentality that that has almost made me believe it as retarded as some of the things he said are. There's I know there was a. Uh, press conference his press conference for this game 
Um, and a reporter asked him, like, it's kind of impressive how, like, uh, usually uh, a lot of these schools are losing players in the transfer portal to big-name programs. And Chris Kleiman's response immediately was just cutting off the reporter and saying, isn't K-State a big-name program? And it just kind of mm-hmm. caught the room off guard because, you know, people aren't used to talking about K-State like that. Chris Kleiman believes that. I have a feeling a lot of players in the locker room believe that because of Chris Kleiman, like, believe that because of competitors. Here's your opportunity to, like, is K-State there? Like, yeah. are we where we want to be? This is what you got. I, In my personal opinion, I just got done, like, pooping on moral victories with KU. But, like, the, the joke when we got mashed up with Alabama was, like, well, like, congrats on your Big 12 title. You guys are going to go get, like, your piss pounded by Alabama. Like, that's the expectation. I don't want to be the guy, you know, oh, if we keep it close. But, like, realistically, anything two scores, like, less K-State, like, being in this game the whole time, in my opinion, would be a, like, positive step from where I think we are personally. I would be happy with that. Obviously, I'm hoping that we beat the shit out of them. I'm hoping that we win. Um, But, like, I'm just, I'm happy because I'm always that guy that's sitting here. Like, everything that we're doing should be towards building K-State towards this national championship game that we just don't seem to have. This may be, I don't know if it's a step towards that. I think beating Alabama would certainly help. But uh, just being able to, like, gauge and, like, like Sam said, you you need these things to be able to determine, like, okay, we're not there yet. We got to keep going. If K-State didn't have this game, we're in danger of just, like, winning Black the Big Bowl championship game and being like, all right, we did it. Like, this is our ceiling. We're great. Like, no, let's let's take a step further. Let's see if we can beat an Alabama. If we can't, then let's figure out how we can get to where we can beat an Alabama, right? That's mm-hmm. what I love about this game. What do you think, Beans? So, like, my transition from, like, how I became a K-State fan is, like, kind of weird. Like, I grew up a K-State fan. I went to college not at K-State, so, like, I couldn't be a K-State fan and not support them. And then, like, I'm back here now, and it's, like, like I bought back in, and I'm so excited. Like, we're I'm, I finally get to see K-State in, like, one of the bigger bowl games Probably in our time, like, this is probably one of the bigger bowl games we've probably seen since. It's the biggest one since 12, which was the biggest one since 3, which was the biggest one since 97. So, like, we keep getting this jump jumping phase where, like, we are in a bowl game, a good bowl game, then we're in a lull. Like, this is our good bowl game. And so I'm excited to see, like, how we show up and how we prepare because – prior K-State teams would probably disappoint me, but like I, this team just kind of feels a little bit different. I think Will Howard has like provided a different spark. I don't know what the offensive scheme plan is with Howard. Like, are, are we going to like run a two quarterback system? I don't know. I know. Um, it's hard. I, I don't know. Like sometimes like it, you move a quarterback out of the rhythm, but sometimes you like throw the defense through the loop. So there's a, it's a double-edged sword. I'm curious to see what we do. I just hope whatever the plan is, it's our A game. It's not, preventative it's we're gonna shoot first i think i agree completely beans i hope that we don't go like out of our way to do some like really odd and like implement some i want i want us to play our game play it well and see if we can beat bama and climate is the guy climate is that guy climate does not move away from his scheme he does it how he wants to do it and he's gonna fucking do it right There'll be some trick plays in there for sure, but like, it's gonna mostly be 
nuts on table, all in. Like, let's yeah. see you can fucking do it. Basically, what I mean by that is I don't want to see us do what we have the whole season and then just for a bowl game, just be like, let's throw this two quarterback system at them and like mm-hmm. do something completely off the wall and try and implement something we haven't done the whole year. Not from like, a, I mean, mostly from a, I don't think we can execute it type standpoint almost, but like, I I almost just also don't want to, don't want to see that. I would rather see us just go with Adrian than try and implement a two quarterback system or yep. some BS like that. I I'm 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 negative on a two QB system. I'm like all in on like if you want if you're like third and goal from like the three and you want to bring Adrian in for some wildcat stuff or some QB run stuff, like that makes sense because it's not like Will's going back out there. It's not like you're shoving Will out and then back in. Yeah. Like it's you're, you're ending his drive a play early to like run something else. Right. Um. I'm all in on like. You want to, like, have Adrian, like, take some carries from running back? Just show them a weird, like, here's Adrian, like, at running back and Deuce playing slot. Like, you want to do that and give Adrian, like, some carries out of that? Like, go for it. What's the score of the KU game? I just got a text from Eli asking, um, am I watching the KU game? Uh, It is 38 to 38. What? I'm dead serious. Can Whoa. All right. Yeah. Well, we're going to have to, like, keep up with that. How the fuck? I'm turning it on Hulu right now. Like, uh, Yeah, I got mean? another text saying this KU game is crazy. Well, you know what? Fuck what we just said. You know what? Hey, if you're a KU fan and you didn't just laugh at us through this whole thing, fuck moral victories. Fuck taking medicine. Go out there fucking grab your nutsack. And go fucking beat Arkansas. Go do it for the conference. Go do it for the state. Let's make a fucking ESPN top 25 game out of here, all right? Yeah. Yep. All oh, right. KU had an onside kick, recovered it. Wow. Oh, okay. Jalen Daniels is, like, throwing dots. This is Yeah, Jalen Daniels has got four touchdowns, two picks, and 500 yards right now. Hey, fuck Arkansas. KU, I hope you're still here. Um, we're gonna have to put a disclaimer. We're gonna have to put a disclaimer in in the fucking I will, details yeah. of this thing, saying, yeah. "Hey, these jackasses like saw you guys down fifteen and started like talking shit like three minutes." I don't even think we we're talking shit, but we you know just, what? we were just telling them how to prepare for next season, and like now they're hey, just man, like, they're, gonna... prepare, they're preparing for this season. They didn't fucking give up. God damn! damn what a fucking this let's is... go! Good wow. for them. They, this podcast doesn't end until that game ends. That's a lie. I kind of want to watch that. Okay. All right. Well, let's go ahead and throw a score predictions for the K-State Alabama get, game. Yeah. So for my stuff, uh, I'll keep it brief. K-State needs to not wet their pants. A lot of the times, the thing I always have a problem with when K-State plays elite teams, I'm really talking about basketball, specifically against KU. Feels like K State players end up wetting their pants because of the because mo- of the moment, and that's when it gets really embarrassing. I just need I need to see everyone on the team do their best, not shit themselves because of the moment. Because I know I know not everyone's built for that moment. We at least have Big Twelve championship game experience. Bama's gonna be fucking good. Um, but you gotta like, you gotta get, you gotta get over it. You gotta bring your lunch pail in. You gotta go get it done. 
Um, I think I think Bryce Young being dual threat is the big issue, and I think that's probably the thing that kills us. Is I think Bryce Young's legs is kind of the big thing. I think we'll probably not be able to get off third down as many times as we want, and they'll just wear us down. I would yeah. say Bama will probably score about thirty-eight points, and we'll probably. Oh my score. god, that's actually what I was going to say. I'm going to say like thirty-eight to twenty-one. I I, I do think we're going to kind of get knocked out. Turd. Yeah. No, so um, I just pulled it up here, so I had a kind. I wanted to see. Well, the Vegas line. What? Where does Vegas think K State is relative to Bama at full strength? Vegas I, has, I already. It's minus six and a half, isn't it? Yep. yep. Yeah, I already put twenty on Bama for that line. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I think it's important in this. Like, truthfully, I think K State. I would. I would do the same thing, Sam. I think that uh, from where we are at a, as a program, as a team, however you want to look at it. We are two touchdown dogs to Bama. That's just kind of how I feel. That's how I'm going to predict the score. I think, uh, I, I, like Sam said, I think Bama puts up 38 on us. I think K-State, I don't know, 27, 25, somewhere in there. That's kind of how I see this game going with probably a like, late score from K-State to make it feel better. Um, as far as what I expect, Bama should come into this game, feel like they're always in control with like a really scrappy K-State team, just kind of earning every single yard that they are or get. And I love that about K-State. That's kind of where I stand and what I expect. Where are you at, Beans? So um, I've kind of like, I kind of like have a middle ground here. I think Alabama I know Nick Saban's not telling these kids to like come into this game. Don't overlook these guys, but these are 18 to 21 year old kids. They're going to overlook K state. They honestly are. They will. I think that they're going to overlook them, not come in prepared. Um, I'm not trying to sound like optimistic or anything. Right. Um, I do think their like half ass effort is still better than like us pissing our hearts out and like puking all over the field. Um, I do think it's going to be like a 28 to, you know, 17 matchup. Like it Alabama's going to be in control of this game. It's just going to be far enough where they don't really care and then like, you know, but I still think it's going to be kind of close on the score, so. Yes. Don't give people that don't give people the fuel that they need for that excuse beans. Do <laughs> you know that that's coming? This is a full strength Alabama team. Nobody's opting out. Nobody's sitting out because of the draft. Nobody's like majors out because of the transfer portal, even though that wouldn't even count. This is a full strength team. Like yeah. whatever happens in this game, like th- this is Alabama. No, and I, don't I get give that a shit about effort. I don't give a shit about any of that because you yes. can't control that. And you can't like, it's really hard also to tell when a team's unless they yeah. just quit like the Broncos. Like it's yes. really hard to tell when a team is just like, not trying their hardest or not playing their A game or not executing. Like, it's really hard to determine that gap. That, I don't give a shit about Alabama not giving, not caring or preparing as hard because we're K-State. That The moment I saw that Bryce Young and Will Anderson are playing and everybody's in, like, that that excuse is out the window. This is the A-Alabama team. This is, this yeah, th- is what people this think is of when they say Alabama. Wow. Yeah. Uh, from there's, what no, just seen, there's no fakes in this. So I'm watching. I'm watching this game, and like it looks like KU just got a crap ton of fouls, and I think 
Arkansas is getting a two second. They're getting two seconds added onto the clock. I don't know if they're going to kick a field goal here. They were out of field goal range, and there was like there's like three fouls called, and so I think that moved them up. Oh no, Bean, switch your camera, show the game. Jesus. Okay, let me make this larger. We'll we'll, we'll, we'll live react. Oh Jesus Christ! We're about to get like owned by like ESPN and stuff for showing. So like, here's the play. Okay, so what what do we got? So there's like a, there's like a face mask somewhere. So the, in here. They're running a draw. Face there's mask, a face mask there. Right that there is going to put them in under like the forty. That's like a fifty-seven yard field goal. I don't know if an Arkansas kicker can kick that. Oh, he is. Okay, Lance is pissed. Lance is really mad. I just want to know the yard line. Like, where are they at? We're getting to that. Arkansas has I, a timeout, but only two seconds. Ugh. Oh, no, okay, it, wasn't, it wasn't significant. I think they might have had two offsetting penalties. That's why they didn't okay. call it. Well, this is a Hail Mary. This, nope, it's going to be a run play. And, yep. Oh, 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 oh no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, wow. Oh, no, that could have been bad. That run could have been way worse. All right, so we're going into overtime. Okay. Okay, okay so Hawks Hogs, overtime. Okay, um, all right. I'm good with cutting out hot takes and all that to go watch the uh, overtime. Wait, wait. Okay, Gavin's got my one. hot take. But also, okay. uh, so I guess one thing before we get out of here on, uh, I just saw this report. So Derek Carr is benched. Also, he's like he not is, in Vegas, right? Yeah, he's not even with the team anymore. Like they, wow. They yeah, decided the gone. best thing for both is just for him to be gone uh, for the rest of the season. And they'll just like wow. re- approach in the offseason i don't know that kind that's of like weird. he's not coming back yeah that seems really 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 odd he probably had some very wow. feelings after that game he played really bad this last week but so uh it was no, cold um, though like you blame the guy it was freezing in pittsburgh i mean that, was, that last throw was awful there was a the lot of bad yeah. throws there, there was a lot of bad look, look, Derek carr's not been good this year but Mm, yeah, man, I feel sorry for that. Oh, wow! I still feel he's sorry a good for guy. Him. He's a good guy. He needs to change the scenery. He he's been what he needs is he needs a coaching staff who actually wants him. Yes, I don't think the last two coaching staffs have not wanted him, and it's no coincidence that when Basaccia came in and like Derek Carr, like you know, was wanted by Basaccia, like he was good. Yeah, yeah. no, like, I agree. Gruden oh. didn't want him. And uh, McDaniel's doesn't want him. McDaniel's gonna get Tom Brady. Oh God. Um. No, I guess uh, if we want to like buzz through hot takes here, uh, I did want to talk about mine because it really, really, really pisses me off. It's like we watch. We're talking about Derek Carr. There's so much bad quarterback play in the NFL. I was talking about this with my dad today. This uh, my hot take. Yeah, the bad QBs in the league. Well, okay, yes, just like. Think, just think about bad QBs, inaccurate passes. Think about just, like, from bad quarterbacks and how many there are. Like, actual catchable pass percentage. And then on top of that, the ball actually being put, where, like, where it's supposed to. There's nothing in football that pisses me off more than, like, a football guy or, like, a commentator or a coach being like, you know why the quarterback put the ball right there? It was to protect you. Like, that quarterback is capable of putting the ball exactly right there, like, 15% of the time. Like, go fuck yourself. Aaron Rodgers put the ball there because, like, he was trying to hit the wide – he's trying to fit a fucking, like, 
four by six foot box where the wide receiver was capable of catching it. And he did like, that's great. Go fuck yourself. If you're going to tell me like he hits your left hip because that's where he, like the defender wasn't capable of hitting it with his helmet. When he came in from the opposite side, go fuck yourself. The quarterback is throwing the ball so that it is in the vicinity of the fucking receiver to catch it. There are receivers in the NFL that consistently hit the fucking track when they throw at the sideline. So get out of here with your, he put the ball in this location because that pisses me off. I hate that from football people. Yeah. What do you guys think? You can definitely aim it like, especially on shorter throws, kind of like to like high, low left, right. Kind of. Yes. But like definitely on like a post. Yeah. Like over the middle. It's just like, we're kind of just trying to put it in a spot. But the the easiest throw to think about that is like a back shoulder fade where like the ball's specifically put there for a re like when a receiver just gets off press coverage and runs along the sideline, but the receiver is adjusting to the ball. The re- quarterback's just fucking putting up a moon ball and letting the receiver work yeah. at the end of it. Like, yeah, you, you just throw like, it to a spot and the receiver does the rest of the work. Yes. It's like majority of like receiver making good play rather than quarterback. It it kind of varies for, on the quarterback for me, sometimes. It's just quarterback ball placement. Like, yeah. Like, like good, if you hit the target, that's a good throw. Yeah. Good 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 point of reference. Kirk Cousin throwing it to Justin Jefferson. I would say 90% of that is Justin Jefferson just being a fucking athlete. Kirk Cousins isn't knowing where he's putting the ball. He's just saying Justin Jefferson oh. is in the right side of the field. I'm going to throw it. I feel like he knows where to put it. But yeah. Like, there's there, there's a yeah. target to like hit it with. And there's a window, and he's got to hit that window, but Justin Jefferson on right side of the field, I'm going to throw it that way. Like That's, yeah, that's I, really it. I, I get what you're saying on that. Yeah, I, I, this actually came about, I saw a TikTok and it was uh, like, it was, or I guess it was an Instagram reel, but it was this guy just like imitating just that football guy with that mindset of like, Gardner Minshew actually put this ball three feet behind Devonta Smith because the defender was behind him. So Devonta Smith would have to reach through the defender no. and make the play on the ball. No. It's just all this bullshit on like, a, what is a clear, inaccurate pass. It. I fucking hate. I it. mean, if the if the defender's in front of them, like I get like throwing it kind of at. Like, yeah. I I understand throwing it like at him slash behind him, but yes. like th- there's 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 levels yeah. to truth on it. But yeah, we can get out of here. And watch this case. Yeah, game. I'm trying yeah. to watch the overtime. I'm watching it right um, now. Yeah, Flyover State Sports Show. Follow us, like, share, subscribe. I'm trying to watch overtime. Fuck Bosco boys. Um, IrisAngel.org. Twitter at underscore underscore F3S. Bye, Merch. Bye, guys. Peace out. See you next time. Hopefully KU wins. They'll lead the show if they do. Let's go. Go, go Rock country, let's ride.